Welcome to the Storytellers Lab podcast, where everyday women share stories of God's love. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Katie and Lindy. And today we are bringing you another story from a live gathering. We have Kim from Montgomery, who is a team member, and we love when our team members share one because we're just all one big team. And so it's so great to hear their stories. And then number two, when you share, you know, it just helps build community. And we say that all the time that sharing stories builds community in your area. And so for our team members to share, we love that. And one of the things that you have told us over and over of the most requested topics is infertility. And Kim brings us that story today from such a unique perspective because she's now in her 50s. That's right, Robin. Kim shares her struggles of infertility, but she also shares her struggles of losing a baby during pregnancy. But overall, really, her story talks about going from shifting sand in her faith to a solid foundation. You'll hear that early on in her story. And I think by the end, you're going to see how God shifted her mindset into more of a solid foundation in her walk with Christ. And before we get to Kim's story, we just want to thank you for sharing our stories. You know, podcasting is not always easy to share. It's complicated. People don't even know where the button is on their phone. You may go, where do I listen? Yeah, find the purple button if you have an, uh, an iPhone. Or, you know, they just don't know how to share. And so when you share these, whether it's through a text, I mean, you can screenshot it. You know, it can be so simple. Whether it's through a text or on social media, just know that we are so thankful every time you share, that we appreciate it. Because we love to share stories of hope. That's what we're about. And when you share our stories, you are sharing hope with other women. And so thank you for doing it. Keep on sharing. We are so appreciative. You have no idea how much it means to us. And here is Kim's story. Good evening. I'm so glad that y'all are here. And I'm so thankful that we can be in person. And I will be honest, I am so thankful that I'm able to sit in this chair and this was not postponed one more time. Um, I think Hillary said third time's a charm. I feel like it's like the sixth time. But anyway, I am so thankful y'all are here. And I want to say, this is his story. This is not my story. If this, if I was telling my story, it would have a total, totally different ending. But we know that we are not in control of our stories, but he is. And I just want y'all to know that I am here to just share what he has allowed to happen in our lives. And when I say in our lives, that is my husband and my two precious boys. And I want him to be honored and glorified in and through everything I say. I just know that he is the author and finisher of our faith, and I will give him all the praise and glory. My name is Kim Dennis. I was born and raised here. My mom and dad are Cheryl and Bill Vickers. They live in Fairhope, Alabama. I have two sweet younger sisters, Leslie. She lives in Fairhope with her two children, and then Brittany lives in Columbus, Georgia, and she has two children, and both my sisters have a boy and a girl, and a girl and a boy. So I'm the only one with two of the same sex. I am married to David Dennis. We have been married for 26 years. I have two precious boys. Jordan is a senior at Alabama. He's graduating in May, and then he is going to go get his master's in Tuscaloosa again, or continue his education. So we're excited for that. And then John Everett, um, the baby, is a senior in high school, and he will graduate in May as well, and he will be attending Alabama in the fall. Um, David and I do have a daughter. Her name is Millie, and she is in heaven with Jesus. I um, just have to acknowledge and let y'all know that. 
David and I got married in February 95. We've been married for 26 years. And when we first got married, David knows me so well. And he said, we are going to have children after we've been married five years. You know, he's type A. He's our planner. <laughs> I'm not a planner. You know, needless to say, I'm major family and childhood development just to get a degree. It's like, okay, after we've been married a few weeks, he's like, I have this puppy I want you to go see. And so we put a deposit on a puppy and that was our baby until we were ready to have a baby. Anyway, but I just, from the time I was a little baby, I just knew that I wanted to be a wife and a mom and I laugh. And it's funny, my youngest would get so mad because he'd be like, mom, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or what did you want to be when you grew up? And I go, I'm being a mom and a wife. And he goes, no, you got to be a teacher or a lawyer or a nurse. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing what God has called me to do. And so it was never the correct answer in his, um, but to me, it was the, it is the most fulfilling and I'm thankful that God did bless me with children. And I'm thankful that, well, I mean, three children, one just didn't walk this earth. I am thankful for my two boys and I'm thankful that um, I've gotten to stay home and love them and raise them and teach them about the Lord. I grew up in a Christian home. We went to the Baptist church for many years and I know that some of y'all are familiar with the Baptist denomination and I would not trade my upbringing for anything. It protected me. It kept me safe. It kept me from doing things that I probably shouldn't because I am your firstborn. I'm a rule follower, a people pleaser, and all that's okay, but it made me very judgmental, and that's not okay. And like I was telling someone just a minute ago, I was very concerned with what I looked like on the outside and what you did and what people thought. And as I have learned, and as I know, having a relationship with Jesus is about your heart. And he doesn't really care what your outward appearance or your behavior is. He wants the heart. And um, and then we changed and went to the Presbyterian church. And I was involved with choir, youth group. And once again, I'm so thankful for it because I did learn the books of the Bible. I know the Bible and that is a gift and um, I'm thankful for it. But my foundation that I built my relationship with Jesus was on sand. It needed a solid foundation. And so um, we know that in Matthew, there's the parable of the wise and foolish builder. And if you build your house on the sand and the storms come, you're going to wash away. And that's what happened to me or uh, my family. And so I'm going to just start from the beginning and then just go from there. We didn't wait five years to have a baby. Um, we gave in. And so we, <laughs> we waited only about three years. By the time Jordan was born, we had just already our Anyway, but he was born November um, 1998, and my pregnancy was easy and somewhat uneventful. Getting pregnant was easy. So, of course, you know, after you have the first one, it's like, okay, when's the next one coming? And, you know, we all get those questions. When are you going to have another one? So, in 2000, we were ready. Jordan was two, and we were ready to have another one. 
but this time things did not happen as quickly as we wanted. There was month after month being reminded that nobody was coming this time. It's hard because you don't you don't go around talking about, oh, guess what? We're wrong to have another baby. And you know, that's just not conversation that you just have every single day. There's only so much you can do. I will say this, I am sure, especially in the season that we have just come from, um, we, there was a lot of waiting. To be honest, guys, we're still waiting. Things are not normal. I don't know what you're waiting for, but in Psalms 46.10, it says, be still and know that I am God. If I could go back and tell that 33, 32-year-old young lady, just be still. It's okay. Quit being so focused on this and put your eyes on him and seek him. But once again, when that foundation is not solid and it's just soft and it's, you know, truth be told, I think it's, I I just can say this, it was all about what I wanted and I presented God and Jesus with this is what Kim and Dave Dennis want, and I want you to bless me. <laughs> so it's very hard to say that now because it grieves my heart that I was so flippant and just, you know, I treated Jesus and God like Santa Claus and a vending machine. And that makes me so very sad because he is oh so much more. I am an open book and I do not hide anything. And if anyone is struggling with infertility, I would love to um, sit down anytime and have conversations. Anyone can reach out to me on social media or you can find me and I will just meet you and we can just cry over coffee together. But eventually we did get pregnant. John Everett was born in 2003. Once again, you know, after you have that one, it's like, okay, when you go have another one, I will say I wanted five children. You know, of course, my husband's like, oh, yeah, that sounds great when we were dating. And then, <laughs> and then the truth, when, when after you have them, you're like, oh. and then financially, like, hey, it's a little more than I bargained for. But, and I will say, David was very uh, content and thankful and grateful. For um, our two boys, and he was unsure, do we do this again? And he really sought the Lord and prayed and asked for wisdom and discernment. And we never got a yes or a no. So he said, Okay, I know you want another one. Let's just see what happens. Let's not count. Let's not plan and do all that. We'll just not prevent. So we did. And um, I got pregnant with twins. I need to tell y'all, I did not know I was pregnant with twins. When you find out you're pregnant, you're just excited and you just run with it. I need to let y'all know we were of the mindset that you wait till 12 weeks or past 12 weeks to tell everybody because, you know, once you get past 12 weeks, it's all good. You will bring that baby home. And um, with this one, we waited longer. We waited till I was almost 16 weeks. So I was four months and we told our family and we were so excited and going back real quick, I started having complications at the very beginning. And like I said, I did not realize I was pregnant with twins. I uh, lost one of them. And so when I went to the doctor, 
the nurse was real sweet and she knew my story and my struggle with infertility and then the struggle, you know, just wanting another baby and she and, and the miscarriage between Jordan and John Everett. And she just said, you know, I'm not really supposed to tell you this, but I will. She's like, there was a second sack and that's why you were having the issues, but you were. Of course, I was elated because I saw the heartbeat and everything was good. I left. Um, my husband had dropped me off and um, he had John Everett and he just said, he's like, okay, so what, what's going on? And I was like, oh, we're so pregnant. We're going to have another baby and, you know, all's good. I was sad, but I wasn't heartbroken because I didn't know about that baby. I will say um, when I was 22 and a half weeks, 22 and a half weeks, it was October the 20th, I woke up and um, got my boys to school and I was overwhelmed with panic and fear. I had not said anything to anybody because, you know, if you say something, then it's going to be true. So I just didn't say it. I mean, y'all, just my thinking. So sorry, but I'm just being real with y'all. I was like, oh, I can't talk about this. I had not felt her move several days, and I was overwhelmed with panic and fear. And so I picked up the phone and I called my husband, bawling like the girl who answered the phone couldn't even understand me. And she's like, Are you okay? I was like, Yes. And so finally got David got on the phone and he's like, um, what's going on? And I proceeded to tell him, but he knew nothing. And he's like, yeah, everything's okay. Calm down. Just call the doctor. We'll go from there. And I was like, okay. So I calmed down, got the doctor, and I ended up going in and seeing my doctor. And um, my doctor went to our church. So we and we knew him socially, and he's so precious, and I'm forever grateful for him. You know, he took the little fetal um, Doppler and put it over me and was like, I'm just having a bad day. Let's just get up and go have an ultrasound. And I'm like, okay, let's go. You know, still kind of buying in. And I went, they did an ultrasound. And that is when we realized that our baby was in heaven with Jesus. I have to tell y'all that in the state of Alabama, when you are past 19 weeks, you have to deliver. And when you um, deliver, you have to have a funeral and you have to bury the baby. It was really sweet. The nurses all heard what had happened. And so when I was leaving, excuse me, they all rallied around me and just hugged me. And, you know, I'm, I really am a hugger, but I just remember standing there. I just was like numb and then shocked and just like, oh my gracious, this is just a nightmare. So I left. I had talked to my husband before I left and said I would meet him at home. And so we go home and he's like, okay, what next? And I was like, I don't don't remember anything he said to me. He's like, okay. So he calls and figures out what we do and we've got to go to the hospital and deliver. And we pack an overnight bag. And, you know, guys, I mean, just to let y'all know, I don't even know who who took care of my boy. And like, seriously, David and I were talking the other day and I go, I have a question for you. He goes, well, who kept Jordan and John remember. And I tell you this for y'all to know truly what state of mind I was in. Because where I am now and where I was 15 years ago is worlds apart. So I don't want y'all to think that. Okay, she delivered the baby, she had a funeral, and she's fine, because it wasn't like 
and um, I don't want to sugarcoat and make anybody think that you just check a box and it's like a light switch because it was not and is not easy at all. So we go to the hospital and I have her, the baby, and it was a girl. I will tell y'all that she was perfect. She was beautiful. Um, You would have never known um, that there were, and we don't know what happened. There were no problems that we are aware of. Um, We chose not to have an autopsy done. It wasn't really going to change anything. She had 10 fingers, 10 toes. She was just small. And our doctor suggested that we did not hold her. And, um, of course, as soon as he left, my husband goes, and picks her up and brings her to me. And I'm like, crap, this older. He goes, she's our baby. And y'all, I say that because that is such a gift. Because it would have crushed me had I not held her. Then the sweet nurses um, that were in the hospital, I don't know who they are and I don't know their names. But they were precious. They put her in a little sweet little day gown and put her in a bonnet. And David got to bring her to me. And we got to see her and love on her and hold her. And my mom was with us. The nurse that took care of me Friday morning, she was a Christian. When you deliver a baby, the way God makes your bodies is your milk comes in. Well, milk came in Friday morning. So she wraps me up. And in the wrapping, she just held me and was so kind and just prayed for me. She was just amazing. I had one friend that um, came and just, I wanted to see, and um, she just held me and prayed. And one of the things that she said, I don't, um, I don't remember everything, but she was like, Jesus, we just need you to show up. Those words stuck because... I did. I needed him in a major way. Then we had another uh, couple, but they had walked through the same thing. And she was pregnant with her second child. And I know that that took so much courage on her part to come. And she was so kind and thoughtful. She had a big baggy shirt on, so I didn't see her baby belly. And she knelt by my side. And I don't remember everything she said, but she did look at me and say, you are going to be okay. I just looked at her and went, okay. I don't know how. And she didn't want me to ask questions and it wasn't time for me to ask questions. I held and treasured that because I was like, okay, she's done this and I can do it. David told my doctor that we were going home and he was like, oh, no, she just had a baby. She can't go home. And he goes, no, we need to go home. This is not normal delivery and or this is not a normal baby um, celebration. And he just said, I want her to go home. And so after a few hours, he released me and allowed me to go home, which was so kind. And then another thing David did was he said, she will not be wheeled out in a wheelchair. And another just precious gift. You know, here my husband is brokenhearted too because he doesn't have his daughter to hold and love. And here he is thinking of his wife. I mean, y'all, the Lord was so kind and gracious 
Because who thinks like that? And um, they were like, we understand, but it's hospital policy. She has to go out in a wheelchair. And he goes, no, I'll carry her out. And so David Dennis will be my hero forever. And I honor and bless him. And he is the love of my life. And I am so thankful that God gave me that type A planner. (laughs) I will also say, I forgot to tell y'all this, on the way to the hospital, I just, we were real quiet. And um, I can still remember where we were, y'all. We crossed over the bridge and, you know, the interstates underneath us going to Baptist East. And um, I said, David, if God loves us so much, because, you know, you hear that all the time in Sunday school and you sing, Jesus loves me all the time. If God loves us so much, then why did this happen? And there was that. He's like, yeah, he does love us. And feel like it. You know, I just have to tell you all that so we can get to the rebuilding of the foundation. You know, once again, that sandy foundation was not solid. So it was all based on what I did. Do this, don't do this, do this, read your Bible, pray, go to church, go to choir, you do, do, do. And even sometimes we get caught up in serving in the church. And none of of it's bad, but it's about your heart. Do you love Jesus and do you know Jesus loves you? I told y'all that um, once you have the baby, you have to have a funeral or burial. And so at 35 on Saturday morning, David and I are sitting in the um, little funeral home. He was only 38 and we had to um, make arrangements for her service. I just remember sitting in a chair, staring out the window like, this is not real. This is just a bad dream. But unfortunately, it was real, and we picked out a a little casket. And then those decisions, y'all, and you just don't think about them, but those decisions led to other decisions. Because as a mom, wherever she was, I'm going to be, and David's going to be. Instead of one plot, we're like, now, because the way they do it, we were about to buy four plots. And so figuring out where we're all going to be. But then it's like, okay, well, then we have another and a fifth, and it just snowballed. And we really were not in our right mind um, to make decisions like that emotionally. Those were huge. And then financially, it just adds so much. And so my sweet, precious grandmother, who is in heaven with Jesus now, at the time she was um, living, and um, she had an extra plot where she and my grandfather and who had already been buried. Um, and then my aunt, cause she's single, but she just said, I have an extra plot and I don't want y'all to have to make this decision. So we, I'm giving this to you. And later on, y'all can make that decision to, um, to move her. And I was like, okay, great. That was another sweet little gift that the Lord provided. Even in the heart you can see how the Lord was always there and he provided. And also I have to say my precious mom and my sister, who, and this is my baby sister, she was pregnant as well. And we were due two months apart. And they went to the name dropper and picked out Millie's 
little gown and a sweet little bonnet for her to be buried in. And so I thank you, Mom, for um, that sweet little gift because you just don't plan on that. No mom and dad plan on picking out their child's outfit for them to be buried in. I am so very blessed. I had sweet, precious friends who loved me and encouraged me and came alongside me. My friends did laundry for me when I was in the hospital. They served while we were at or served us lunch before we went to her service. And her service was just for family only. My boys did not attend. And of course, you know, my oldest, he was only seven at the time. You know, he didn't understand. And of course, you had the mom, mom guilt. You know, did I do the right thing? And I um, want to share another story about how the Lord provided before we even knew what was going to happen. We, my boys, went or go to Trinity. And Jordan was in first grade and his teacher. We have parent teacher conferences, and the whole day is just designed for parent-teacher meetings, and they're one right after another. And so we had just told our friends and family that we were expecting, and so, of course, you know, she talks about it and was just oohing and on, and, you know, a lot of change for Jordan. And um, when we were in the meeting, she prayed for our family and just the changes that were going to be in, that were going to be there. And um, I just remember her praying Lord, prepare them for just what they're in store for. And I was like, wow, who knew? I mean, of course, she was talking about when we brought that baby home. But, you know, God just prompted her heart. And I just, you know, treasured that. And I just thanked her later on for that sweet, precious prayer. Y'all, it took me a long time to get over, and I don't want to say get over because you don't ever get over losing your child, but um, it took me a long time to get to the place where I could, if I heard the words, it's a boy or it's a girl, I would be excited. I was not going to go into a pregnancy wanting a girl. And so um, in 2008, we decided that I was ready to try again. And so we did. We tried again. I got pregnant with twins. Of course, I was elated. And of course, I thought, yay, you know, we lost one and God's blessing us. But that's not really how God works. You know, I wasn't being punished. I'm not being, oh, here you go. You lost. Here you go. But from the get-go, I was not measuring the way I was supposed to. I mean, like, depending on the, the time I was supposed to um, have the babies. And so they're like, okay, we want you to come back and we're going to do another ultrasound. And so, of course, another waiting game. And so I said, okay, just fine. But this time I was believing, I was praying, I was seeking friends who were just major prayer warriors and just asked for healing for the babies. And, you know, I just wanted two babies to to run around and for them to be healthy and strong and for it to be a different story. And so we went back and David was um, precious and went with me. And 
you know, we did an ultrasound and they were not developing. And so my doctor just said, you know, Kim, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to have a DNC. And I said, okay. And so I said, well, if I have to have a DNC, can I just have my tubes tied? And he's like, oh, no, 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 we're not, we're not doing that. And I was like, why not? He goes, um, that's just a really big decision to make. He goes, why don't you go home? Y'all think about it, talk about it. And I was like, okay. And so David and I get in the car and I go, I don't have to think about it. This is what we need to do. And he's like, okay, we can talk about this later. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, the next morning, I, he asked, um, he's like, did y'all talk about it and think about it? And I was like, yes. We talked about it, thought about it, and we have prayed about it, and this is what's best for our family. I have to just say, I know I can get pregnant. I just cannot stay pregnant, and I just couldn't do it anymore. And I emotionally, I just, I wasn't willing to do it anymore. And I will say, after um, I was in recovery, our doctor did say to David, he goes, I think she made the, or y'all made the best decision. I will say this time things were different. I was still sad, but I just had a different perspective and I had a different foundation. I had, um, the Lord had blessed me with such sweet friends that, and I was just involved in different Bible studies and they were speaking truth. And there was just a difference about some of these girls and I longed and wanted that. I didn't doubt his love and I didn't doubt his goodness. I was sad, but I didn't think, oh, he doesn't love me because I had spent time rebuilding my foundation. And I will say, even after um, losing the twins, I, I still had questions. And I wanted, one of the things is I wanted to know why I struggled with that a lot. Like, okay, Lord, David didn't even really know if we wanted a third or not. And, you know, we prayed and asked you to show us a sign. If she wasn't going to live, then why did you even allow it? And I didn't have an answer. He didn't, he didn't say, oh, let me just tell you why. (laughs) And I wrestled. I, I really, it was like, I wanted to know. And I was mad. It's hard to say all these things. I was angry. I'm just being real and honest. I didn't want to read my Bible. And I remember the Sunday after we buried, middle age, it was like, okay, it's time to go to church. It's like, are you kidding? I mean, I didn't say it out loud. I was like, do you know what I've been through? I'm not going to church. It was the best thing I could have done or he made me do because life goes on. You can... Be sad and you can be broken and you can hurt and be disappointed and you can be mad, but you can still do life. Jordan and John Everett, the Lord just used them in a mighty way because I could I can still hear those little feet print on the hardwood floors. You know, John Everett's not my real follower. He's like his daddy. And um, <laughs> Jordan, the firstborn, would stay in the bed till mom came and got him. John Everett would not, and he would come. And I'd be laying in the bed. Oh, and then I'd get up. But, y'all, he made me get up. I had to get up. I didn't want to. If I didn't have them... I probably wouldn't. I probably would have just 
whittled away and just been nothing. And nobody would have wanted to hang out with me. Who wants to hang out on the mean, like depressed, gross, grumpy person? Nobody wants to be around that. They want to be around fun. You know, I've tried to in a I've tried to tell my boys, and there will be a time when they will be able to hear my story, and I will, and they will be able to receive that the Lord used them in a mighty way. Even, you know, even though John Everett was only two, he knew he just the Lord provided. He just knew that something wasn't right, and his mom needed him. But of course, I still tried to take him to Mother's Day out, and he wrapped his legs around my waist and wrapped his arms around me. Okay, as we know, life is short. I'm not making this baby go to daycare, calling, you know, come on, we'll just go home. But, you know, so even in the heart and even in the Lord, I don't understand. And this hurts. He was good and he was faithful and he never left us, even though I felt so alone. And I was so brokenhearted. So I just am so very thankful. And y'all, um, I have two precious nieces. And I love and adore them. And even though I don't have my daughter here, I can still love them. And I get to do all the fun things with Mary Kennedy and Helen that I, didn't, I don't get to do with Aunt Millie. And I'm so grateful. The Lord was sweet. Also, I did go to counseling because, like I said, I was mad and angry. And, you know, all those things are good and normal and they're part of grief. It's just what you do with them that gets us in trouble. And um, I remember um, the counselor just said to me, um, because I was like, I want to know why. And she's like, okay. The why is, it's for your good and his glory. You know, of course, that's not really, (laughs) that's not the answer I really wanted either. But I get it now. The 35-year-old who wanted the Lord to bless her prayers and bless her life and make her look so perfect says, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the heart. I wouldn't have chosen for it to be this way, but you know what? I don't see the big picture, and he does. I trust him. There are two verses that I clung to, and it's 2 Corinthians 10, 4. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Philippians 4, 8. Whatever is true, whatever is excellent, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, you think on those things. I had to change my thoughts a lot because this world's hard, y'all. And I know my story is so different from yours, but pain is pain is pain. And um, loss and hurt, it, it doesn't matter. So, and and I'll be honest, I, I still get pricks. The pain didn't go away. And even just this past weekend, someone was like, oh, I wish you had a baby girl. What do you say? So my husband and I just look at each other, but I will say he was really sweet because I know I wish she had a girl too. 
which was so kind. But, you know, I would never want to make someone feel bad. But you struggle as a mom because I feel like when I don't say, oh, but we do, she's in heaven with Jesus, that I'm not honoring her. But you know how that goes when you say something like that. No one knows how to respond. So sometimes it's just best to just ponder those things in our hearts and just know that we're not dishonoring her because I know that the Lord has used this for David's good, for my good, for Jordan's good, and John Everett's good. We will continue to sing his praises and tell of his goodness. I forgot to tell y'all at the very beginning and the church service when we went back, we end our church service saying God is good all the time. And then the congregation will say all the time and the minister says God is good. And I just went, (laughs) are you kidding? Do you know what we just went through last week? What I learned is he is good all the time. We just, our feelings are not good and we hurt and we're disappointed and that's okay. But I will say, and I will stand with my hands raised that God is good all the time. And um, I thank you for your time. I thank you for coming tonight. And I just want you to know uh, that I appreciate it so very much. I loved hearing Kim. I've actually known Kim since college. And just the picture of her faith growing and really, she gave us such a, a unique picture of of that shift, like yeah. Katie was talking mm-hmm. about earlier. And the ending when she talked about feelings versus faith, you know, anytime that we're in a crisis, we don't necessarily need to rely on our feelings, but we pause and say, mm-hmm. what is it that I believe? Mm-hmm. It, it's really that faith check. It is. When you're thrown in the fire mm-hmm. and things are hard, it is so easy to to go off your feelings mm-hmm. and, and ask why and everybody ask why. wants to know why I don't yes. understand. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, one of the things that this group had the opportunity to do since it was a live gathering was mm-hmm. they had the question and answer. And one of her answers in the questions is she spoke about pain and praise can go together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she referenced Philippians chapter four, verse eight, where it says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, Excellent, praiseworthy. Think about these things. But what she said in her answer about praise and pain going together, she said, you know, the next verse following that says, put it into practice. And what she said was, we must start now. We must start praising now for when the storms come, Mm. we are able to stand with our hands raised and say, God is good. And Mm -hmm. and that ties back to the parable that she related to, because when, when that storm came, and the house was built on sand, mm-hmm. it fell. That's right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I love in the very beginning of the story when she talks about viewing God as a slot machine or Santa Claus. <laughs> yes. You know, Claus, what are you going to give me today? <laughs> How often do we do that? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just in our everyday yeah. life and, and the practice of really worshiping and knowing him to mm-hmm. prepare you. That that really struck my heart, too, for for yeah. when hard comes. You know, there were a lot of nuggets of truth <laughs> that she kind of gave me. And so that that's why we made this a discovery guide for our Patreon members. I think you'll really be able to dig into God's word and see how you can build your faith on solid ground through this discovery guide. So if you're a Patreon member, you're going to get that today um, in your email feed. And if you're not a Patreon member, we would love for you to join us. You just go to patreon.com forward slash STL community. 
it's $5 a month. It helps our ministry so much. And you get so much more you know, with that $5 yeah. than just the discovery guide. You do. And we, you know, we have people that have told us that they are taking these discovery guides and using them in their small groups that. every week. Yeah. They have gone through discover your story and their group is still going. And now they're going through these. And that's, that's really the heart of why we did this. That's right. And so if, even if you don't have a group, you can certainly do it by it's yourself. Great for personal mm-hmm. reflection. And people want to dig more into these stories besides just listening. Mm-hmm. And this is your chance. This is your opportunity to do that. So like Katie said, you can go to the website or you can simply click the link in the show notes yes. mm-hmm. down right below where you're listening is a link to join Patreon. And every bit of your joining helps us do what we do. That's it right. helps us produce this podcast. Mm-hmm. We have people that help with the sound and make it sound so much better than we do right <laughs> here. <laughs> um, to You know, it just helps us share stories of hope, like we said in the beginning. So thank you for listening. And check us out today on Patreon and then also on all the socials at Storytellers Live Podcast. Have a great week. Bye.